0: Welcome to. Show me something wrong. It's <laughs> quite a good pause there. Where each
1: episode. Oh, you're just doing my thing now. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> Where each episode, one of us chooses a movie to watch that the other hasn't seen. The movie is often obscure, usually odd, and always wrong. I'm Dave. And I'm. Guy. <laughs> And today I've chosen the movie, and it is Ogroff, a.k.a. Mad Mutilator, a.k.a. some other stuff, but we'll get to that later, from 1983, directed by a guy that I'll spend some time talking about after the opening song. (laughs) All right, wow. This is exciting. I've been wanting to do this movie for a very long time. Mm. I um I actually had another film
0: of this director on my watch list, but mm. I had not seen anything he's done. Out of
1: interest, was it Trepanado? Yeah, it was yeah, like the yeah. reanimator ripoff, right? Well, that's interesting because that's the first film by this guy that I, I watched. Oh, okay. Because I'm a big Jean Rollin fan. Yeah. And Jean Rollin is in Trepanado. <laughs> He's He acts in that film. And okay. that's why I watched it. And it's pretty entertaining and pretty shit, as mm. you might expect. I've seen clips only of it, but I thought, yeah. wow, this is fucking
0: nuts. And I think we may have had a conversation about him in the past. Maybe. When I was just like, oh, this is perfect for the podcast. You're like, no, 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 well, I'm doing Ogre Off, so, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, I've not actually seen any of his films from start to finish. Mm.
1: Well- Let's talk about... I, we haven't mentioned his name. The who, who is this,
0: this guy? <laughs> so, Wait, so, so can I... Oh, sorry. Where's he from? France. Right. This okay. is a French film. Okay. Yes.
1: This is a French film from 1983, directed by... an oh boy, you're going to hear some butchered French today, guy. Oh. Very butchered. Also, oh, before I forget, I want to give a big thanks to my friend Pierre. Uh,
0: how did I know you were yeah. going to say Pierre?
1: <laughs> <laughs> so Pierre, who I've mentioned on the pod before, yeah, he can speak. French and he helped me a lot with like both research for this and pronunciation as mm. well. So thanks Pierre. Thanks, Pierre. I appreciate it. And I'm sorry for my mistakes in my pronunciation. <laughs> so this film is directed by Nobert Moutier. Okay. Moutier, I think that's how you okay. say it. I hope I'm saying it right. Uh his full name Nobert Georges Moutier, aka N G Mount. That's very different. Very different. In this film, he's credited as, like, somewhere in between as Nobert Georges Mount. (laughs) Right. Okay. But yeah, that is his name. And yeah, who is this man? That is a question... I'm fascinated. ...we're going to spend most of this episode (laughs) trying to unpack. Okay. But out of of interest, Guy, uh, so you've watched the film, I asked you not to do any... Research on the director mm. or anything. Could I ask you what, what do you imagine this guy is like? Like, who do you think? What kind of person directed this? Like, I'm thinking like uh, age wise and all that kind of thing. Ah, uh, it's difficult because on
0: one hand, this is just such a kind of love letter to slasher films, you know? But then while I was watching it, it felt very like fetishy. Mm. Like for me, this, felt like someone's like jerk-off movie really? and i felt like the director was putting a lot of his own like fetishes and weird things that he wanted to like jerk off to into this film There's something, not what i expected you know there's something really weirdly like like disgusting and perverse about this film mm. and so with that in mind i'm kind of now
1: picturing an older fella interesting yeah wow because i assumed that you would have immediately said oh this was this was probably directed by a kid right like a mike diana
0: Oh, well, funny you say that because in like the first scene which i'll get to i was like oh this is just like fucking blood brothers but the more yeah. i watched it i was like this is someone's jerk off film <laughs> well
1: i can't comment on the jerk off aspect you're always commenting on jerking off <laughs> aspects but you're right Oh yeah. You're right. I assumed that you would immediately huh? go for a young man, but no, you're right. He was he was not a young man right. when he made this. So I thought for a long time that he he was like some young dude in his twenties right. that made this and yeah, with Trepanator like having Jean Rolland in it, I'm like, oh he's like a young fan of Jean Rolland. He's he was he's passed away now. Right. He was about the same age as Jean Rolland. Oh. So Moutier was not a young man when he made Ogroff. He was born in 1941 and died in 2020. Mm. So, he, yeah, he was 78 when he died. So that means when he made this, he was in his early 40s. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can totally get that. <laughs> All right. So let me tell you a little bit about Moutier. Uh, it's it's a fascinating tale. I'm so going to just kick back. and yeah, yeah. listen. <laughs> so as you can probably guess... His day job was not making movies. Uh, yeah, I can't imagine he was earning much from these. <laughs> no. Uh, he was an accountant mm-hmm. for most of his working life, but he dedicated all his free time to films and comics. And these were his his passions in life that he had since the age of five. Wow. So, yeah, he ran a film club and he created fanzines. Okay. One of the fanzines was about comic books and the other better known one uh, was a movie focused fanzine called Monster B. Okay. <laughs> Spelled Monster, and then the B is B I S. Oh, okay. So, the, what does that mean? Well, thanks for asking that. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. <laughs> I have to do a lot of research for this episode. <laughs> so, the B is a reference to the French term Cinema B, and it essentially just refers to genre cinema. Okay. So, like B movies. Like Z grade films, exploitation mm. films, all that sort of stuff. So that's was the focus of this fanzine. Monster B ran from 1979 mm. and was extremely popular with genre fans. And I looked up, uh, some like issues on eBay and it looks fucking awesome. Oh, yeah. It looks really good. But at the beginning, like, so in 1979, it was a very modest production. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first issue was only 32 pages. In black and white, very homemade mm. kind of looking. Love it. But as he went on, it became more professional. And from issue 33, it was 84 pages of wow. full, full color Oh shit! from that point on. And then in the 90s, he kind of like relaunched it mm. uh, and did a new series of the fanzine. And the new series changed, kind of changed the format up. So each issue had one theme, director, actor that it would focus on for right. that issue. Sounds really cool. He was still making this fanzine in the 2000s. Whoa. So he, there's that's hundreds of issues of this. Awesome. Yeah.
0: So when you say like fanzine, my like image of a fanzine is like self like Xeroxed. It's all pretty much handmade stuff. Mm. Even in the later issues, was it still like limited to? Just no, a few copies, I, or
1: I think as it went on, it became a lot more professional. But the professionally ones, printed, yeah. But those like first like 30 something issues, yeah. are very much like what you're imagining, right? Xeroxed kind of yeah, <laughs> style, yeah, yeah. yeah. So he not only made fanzines, he, he, he eventually de- dedicated his working life to cinema and mm. comics mm. as well. So he quit the accounting biz and opened up a comic book store in 1986. Called B.D. Cine (laughs) in Paris or Um, Paris. (laughs) Oh, God. You're overloading
0: me with all these French sounds.
1: (laughs) Paris. So this, this store started as a comic book store, but it eventually was transformed into just like a pop culture store focusing on movie memorabilia. That was in the 2000s. It kind of changed into that.
0: What was this store called? B.D. Cine. Okay.
1: Where, where was it again? <laughs> Paddy. And who ran it? Moutier. <laughs> but from what I've heard about him, what I was reading about him, from it it seems that he only really ran this store so he could build up his own collection of films and memorabilia. I, <laughs> so mean, he, I mean, that's what everyone does. Sure, it, <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah. So that's basically why he ran ran that shop, I think. So yeah, he, he eventually called the the fanzine and his shop quits mm. in 2012. I think he got he became got a bit older, got a bit unwell. Yeah, and he moved back to his hometown of Orleans, <laughs> <laughs> spelt like New Orleans, but like
0: wait, it's what? It's, from, spelt uh, like it's, Orleans, like, it's spelt like New Orleans. Spelt like New Orleans. So the Orleans
1: <laughs> from New Orleans, but it's pronounced Orleans. <laughs> I'm sorry, French oh, people. Whereabouts in uh, France is this? It's. I think it's kind of close to to Paris. Where? Paddy. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I found also a lot of other fascinating yeah. stuff about Moutier, but I'm going to save it for the end because, cool. yeah, there's some crazy stuff about him. Right. So let, let's. Talk Ogruff and the making of this film. So outside of fanzines and his shop, he obviously made films mm. as well, and this is his debut film. Okay, Ogruff. wow, okay, yeah, his first film. Fuck, this is a very um.
0: What's the word? Boisterous first film.
1: <laughs> yes,
0: ambitious. Ambitious. That's yeah. the word I'm looking for. Ambitious and long. It's like eighty minutes. Yeah, for like a for debut for a first film, film. Like, yeah. I mean, how how long was your first film? My first, like, film. like, yeah, either short or whatever, or like from high school days. Yeah, forty minutes. Forty—that's far too long. <laughs> I know. Mine, mine <laughs> was seventeen, and I was just like, yeah. "Fuck!" You know. Um. Yeah, and shit, so this is like an eighty-minute
1: foot. Like, literally, it's pretty much just a showcase of special effects. Yeah, and like. It's, it's 80 minutes of chaos. Like, yeah. there's, there's not really any break. And especially like to make it as not an old man, but like an older mm. man. Like that, it takes so much energy to make a film. Oh, yeah. Ah, oh, it's crazy. So something that really confused me in my research for this episode and drove me fucking insane mm. for about a week. Um, so on the Wikipedia page and in a lot of reviews, it has this quote about Ogroff. Nobert Mottier was a video rental store proprietor Mm -hmm. who devised the film with the hopes of renting it to patrons at his store. Okay. So that line is on Wikipedia and then all of these reviews Mm -hmm. just repeat that. Just picked it up and pasted it. And that seems to be like the kind of main lore of this film, like the background of this film. Okay. And this confused the fuck out of me because this film was made in 1983 And he didn't open his store until the mid-80s. And in the mid-80s, it was a comic book store. It wasn't a video Mm. rental store. So that was really confusing. And when I started to dig further, I couldn't find anything confirming this. Right. And when I started to search in French, there was no reference to this Mm. in any of the articles. So on the French Wikipedia page, it doesn't say anything about this idea of him devising the film to rent to people in his video store. And on his official website, there's nothing Mm. like that as well. Interviews with him. He does not mention this. And yeah, some urban legend. I don't, yeah, I don't want to say for sure that it's not true, but I can't find any evidence yeah. of it. So Thinking about strange. it though, like just uh, setting the scene, if there
0: were to be a video rental store and they always have movies playing, you know, if there was this just like playing in the background somewhere... It's the kind of film that has enough juicy moments yeah. for someone to be like, "Wow, look at this! There's there's so much going on mm. that I feel like it would have been an easy sell." Definitely. So here here in the uh, explanation, I can totally
1: imagine that. Mm. But the fact that it's like not
0: backed up or confirmed anywhere,
1: yeah. And and I I think the confusion comes from a f- a few things. So uh-huh. my my guess is that. It's because he he did self-distribute this film. Okay. And he kind of released it like a fanzine and sort of sold it to people directly in that way. So I guess it's kind mm. of got that feeling of, like, a guy selling his own stuff in, sure. in, in that kind of way. Uh, but also, there is a store that is, like, a shop that is at the center of the production of this film. Okay. But it's not his shop. Huh. So... Here we go. <laughs> oh, deeper down the rabbit hole. Deeper down the Moutier rabbit hole. So Jesus. In the late 70s and early 80s, Moutier spent a lot of time at a store called Movies 2000. That's not the name of the store, that's though, the is it? the name of the store. <laughs> no, I don't believe you. you got to say the French name. Uh, movies uh, 2000. That's, that's just, now you're just being racist, Dave. <laughs> so this was a movie and bookstore run by Jean-Pierre who also acts in Ogroff as well. okay. And this guy was also a fanzine creator Mm -hmm. and created the fanzine Mad Movies in the 70s. So he had the shop Movies 2000 and this became a hub for all of these horror nerds to just gather and chat shit. Chat shit. Chat shit. Chat shit about films. So this is where Moutier met a lot of these like-minded movie mm. fans and he started talking about his idea to make a slasher film and they really got excited by this and got involved in the production. All these sort of fancy mm. nerds at this shop. wait, when did you say this was? This is in the late seventies. Late seventies. Yeah. So and like the movie came out in nineteen eighty-three.
0: Eighty-three. So when we think about slasher films, when was Halloween mm. released? That's seventy-nine,
1: like something like that. Like yeah, seventy-eight, seventy-nine. So S- this is early date, like right when it yeah. all
0: started to kick off. Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. Very very early. Yeah. Friday the Thirteenth is like nineteen eighty or eighty-one. Sure. I think. Yeah. So. Early days of mm. slashes. So, all of these people that used to come to the shop, they got involved in the production. And, I mean, look, these are not names that I know. I'm not a, not French. Don't know if you've noticed that. Well, actually, you know what? I'm an eighth French. <laughs> Some kind of French, actually. <laughs> Do you know my mum my can speak French? And I don't I, know. Why would I know that? I, my mum can speak French, and I, I actually asked her to help translate some stuff oh, for this. For, for For this, and then I was like, you know what, mum, don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it might be a bit too much for you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so these people from this shop, a lot of them became quite well known in um, really? like the kind of pop culture culture commentating world in, in France. So, right. all of these guys were, like, fanzine community people, mm. right? So, is this before or after filming? Uh, so, after filming, they okay. well known. So, at the time, they were known as fanzine guys. Sure. So, they, you know, had a certain, not fame, but, like, a following. Mm. Uh, and then- some of them have become pretty well known wow. in France now. I don't know any of the names, but just to name a few people, François Cony, who became a famous film critic and is now a producer at Canal Plus. <laughs> <laughs> so he's in no in I don't know who he plays, but I, I guess he's like one of the zombies or something. Oh yeah, uh, a guy called Bruno Terrier, and he runs like a Parisian cinema boutique store called uh, Meta Luna, which is wow. apparently very popular. Pierre Patin, who is a director and an actor. He died in the late 80s, but he helped Moutier make this film. Hmm. And the most, um, most surprising one for me, Benoit Lestang, who went on. So he, he did the special effects on Agraf. Okay, He actually went on to be a very successful makeup artist mm. and worked on a lot of big films, including Martyrs.
0: <laughs> yeah. What
1: to hey, one of the <laughs> crew? <worked laughs> <on> mine, Shit, <laughs> yeah, that's insane. Which is nuts. Sadly, Benoit committed suicide in two thousand and eight. But yeah, he he was you know a very established mm. makeup artists. So, so that's fucking
0: crazy huh? that's great i mean the the feel of this film it is literally just like gather your mates and yeah. shoot some shit
1: and it was that for and, sure
0: oh yeah i can i can totally believe that but to know that a lot of the people then went on like, like pursued mm. their career within the movie industry
1: and actually like made a name for themselves yeah that's incredible i love that it's so cool yeah i i really really loved reading about about that stuff there's a few other people, but I'll I'll mention them as we go through the show. Sure. So, with this group of, like, fanzine horror nerds, uh, Moutier set off to make France's first ever slasher film. This is the first is, ever is slasher it? film from France, <gasps> apparently. Oh. So, I'm interested to know... We're talking about... This is early days of slasher, so mm. there's not really too much for him to draw influence from. But thinking about this film... What do you imagine his influences were? Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yes. <laughs> that is the main one. Can you think of anything else of, of this kind of time? Because uh, this
0: film is not just a slasher film. It <laughs> uh, would have been like
1: Night of the Living Dead or something. Or... Kind of, yeah. Fulci. So right. at this time, Fucci's, like late 70s, early 80s work mm. was huge. So violent zombie stuff was mm. big. So the, the two big influences for this were Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And faulty zombie films, basically. Uh, So you can really see the Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, yeah. It's (laughs) it's
0: funny because, like, on paper or just at first glance, it just seems like a a very shallow slasher flick, Mm. like a Jason Voorhees kind of thing. But but if you look at the details, it does feel more like a Texas
1: Chainsaw Massacre-influenced movie. Definitely, definitely. So another interesting thing about the script for this, believe it or not, it had a script. (laughs) Like, wow. I wonder how many pages that was. (laughs) Three or something. (laughs) Yeah. When, when he was writing the script, uh, he was trying to come up with the name of this character Mm. and he settled on Ogroff and yeah, I found this really interesting. So this name came from like, ogre mm. and then adding off at the end as kind of a reference to all the villain characters of like the 60s and 70s that had off at the end of their name so for example okay, right. like jess franco's the awful dr Olaf mm. is like a big kind of influence on the naming of this i'm all like right. oh shit yeah that makes sense yeah yeah and that film has a very direct the the awful dr Olaf has a very direct connection to this film as well which we'll talk about Later, okay, okay. Oh my god! (laughs) So yeah, this film was shot on a very small budget, but you know what? It's bigger, maybe bigger than you might expect.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay,
1: I assume this was shot for like nothing essentially. It was it was actually shot for fifteen thousand francs. Jesus. Which is about seventeen grand in in US dollars. Fucking hell! So the reason why is that the film conversion was uh, really expensive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's like basically where all the money went to. Uh, he shot it on very obviously on Super Eight. Mm. Uh, it, it looks like shit. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's. I mean, it's great, but it's um, it's very much a Super Eight mm. film, <laughs> and yet it was shot in a forest in Orléans, <laughs> uh, which is yeah, south of Paris. And Thank shot you. in 1982 over weekends when he could wrangle all his awesome. silly mates together yeah, to yeah. shoot it. Classic. One of my favorite things about this film, the sound is all very obviously done in post-production. Oh, I you know. I'm waiting for you to tell me about the sound and the soundtrack. Because <laughs> yeah, for sure, me, that, sure. that's the biggest takeaway of this yeah, film. Yeah, yeah, So the sound is completely fucking insane. And it's basically, it was all recorded by Moutier himself just doing the shit for real. So when it's like, when it's like a fucking mallet smashing up a car, that's just him recording himself smashing up shit with a mallet. I love it. And uh, I think like the lack of synchronized sound in this... So it basically this it means that it's almost a dialogue-free movie. There's there's only there, like, there's pretty much nothing. There's yeah, like, maybe like ten lines of dialogue or something.
0: You know, and even within those ten lines, that like it's there's voiceovers. Yeah, so it's, it's not even like spoken dialogue. Yeah,
1: there's hardly any dialogue. And honestly, I think that this is actually a blessing in disguise. Right, we'll get into it after the film, but. With his other films, when he got the ability to have dialogue, mm. it kind of took Did away. Did he lose his his yeah. magic a little bit? I would say he lost the magic a bit, with, right? With, uh, with that, so I kind of like the fact that this is essentially like a crazy silent, film yeah. Almost. But yeah. the soundtrack, the score mm. to this is insane. Yeah, it and is it's actually being released on vinyl. That's <gasps> yeah, I
0: want it. <laughs> and I've I, I've made some notes about the soundtrack because I I I loved it, and it was like nightmare inducing yeah it's it's one of the best things about it yeah. sure. did he do the score like you said like he he did the
1: adr but did he actually do all the little like synthy midi parts i uh, no, i don't think he did the music himself it's credited to someone called jean richard Jean okay. richard Jean richard oh, i know him <laughs> but dude check out this cover of the vinyl I love it. <laughs> oh my God, I want it so bad. How it's long is so the good. soundtrack? It doesn't look like. Oh, one of the tracks is twenty minutes long. I hope it's, it's like the a, last track. It's an electronic suite, twenty minutes long. <laughs> yes, oh, I'm so buying this.
0: Man. I've just found it on Bandcamp. Is it expensive? Digital album, three euros. Mm-hmm. Or the vinyl? Oh, look at this. Eighteen euros or more if you're if you're rich. And there's an etching on one side. <laughs> oh, dude, look at this. This is so great. Look at this etching.
1: <laughs> oh, that's fucking awesome. That is
0: great. It's like Ogroff with his weird little gimp mask and uh, <laughs> and an axe. Amazing! Fuck, I'm so buying this. <laughs> Distracted by this vinyl, I just want to listen to it. One of the songs is called Rasta Reaper. There's no Rasters in this movie. Does this have the um the the end credit song? Sorry, I'm just I'm just listening to this now. <laughs> anyway, let's get forward. No, nah, this isn't the one. Hang on. Ooh. Oh, Look at that That's great No but Which one's Rasta Reaper? Oh, this is the one This yeah, is the one oh, yeah. I, I, I made some notes about this song This song is so fucking good
1: oh. Rasta Reaper It's called Rasta Love Reaper
0: Alright I'll save it At the end of this podcast We're going to play the entire Rasta Reaper Oh god Because it's
1: so fucking good. (laughs) Holy shit. I'm so excited. All right. Well, let's get into the film itself. We open on a country road. We've got some spooky music playing. Is it the Rasta? No, no, no. That's not till till later. Oh, yeah. I'll I'll let you know when that comes in. (laughs) Uh, And we see a car driving down a sort of side road, like off the, the main road. And the driver pulls over for a pee break. Mm. So the guy gets out of the car, walks off to do a piss. His passenger, a woman, I guess his, his wife. Yep, It's hard to, to know what the relationship is here. Mm. Uh, she gets out for a stretch and a cig. And also a young girl gets out of the car. She
0: goes off into the woods. This was um, something that confused me or took me by surprise. Um because the dad, yeah, calls out to the girl, Letitia! Letitia! And I was just so sure that it was a boy. Yeah, I did have to do
1: a little bit of extra digging here. (laughs) It's like, it is a girl? Okay, all right, Name's (laughs) Letitia, but it's the most... I was like, oh, there's a little boy who just (laughs) left the car, yeah. So the little kid's gone off into the woods. After doing his wee, (laughs) the man goes back to the car, calls out for his daughter. Letitia. And... We see her in the woods, and she's approached by an off-screen figure. Mm. And we see his shadow holding a big fucking axe—not just any axe, as well. Like, what do you call that kind of axe? Like the ridiculous, like kind of fucking Lord of the Rings-looking kind of axe. Is it? Oh, (laughs) you know, I didn't. He's he's not even even pay pay attention to it. He does. Yeah, but But it's a very like medieval-looking axe that he's got here. Yeah. So we see his shadow holding the axe. He chops down onto the kid, stabbing her in the chest, pulls the axe out, and drags her corpse along the ground. And watching this, I couldn't help but think of something you said in the last episode, Guy, for What's Bloody Buns. I've got a quote from you from oh. the last episode. Uh, from Guy in the Bloody Buns episode. If I'm not seeing children dying, I'm not happy. <laughs> so... Huh. Watching this scene, I'm like, "Guy must be happy."
0: Watching this, don't recall saying that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I was very happy.
0: (laughs) Very no, not gonna lie. I went into this movie completely blind. Mm. I didn't know what kind of film it was or anything. And then I started watching it, and I was like, "Oh fuck, it's a shot on video horror film." Or like, you know, it's like one of those like really shitty, cheap really shitty cheap get your mates together and shoot a cheap shit horror film okay? yeah and i really wasn't in the mood to watch <laughs> yeah. it and i was like oh god you know as happy as i was to see the, the kid get the axe in the chest <laughs> Letitia, the boy um but i was like no I, I, i'm not now not I, you, you need to be in a certain mood to watch <laughs> something as shit looking mm. as this and when i started watching it i was just like this this is not the right time for Ogroff the Mad Mutilator <laughs> yeah. I pulled out a Blu-ray that I recently bought, and I started uh, ripping it on my uh, on my laptop, and that takes time. Mm. But I was like, I was like, I'm, I'm 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 just going to watch this instead. I was like, not I'll do Ogroff the Mad Mutilator another day, and I'll, I'll watch um what the fuck was it the Seeding Demon or something mm. Ghost Seed or something I don't. Know. But I, I started ripping it. It took some time. Uh, so I was like, right, until until this is ready, I'll just keep watching it. Mm. But somewhere along the lines, I became, like, really into this film. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking great. And I got so invested yeah. <laughs> in this film. I was like, this film is fucking amazing. <laughs> and this, even after I uh, ripped, finished ripping my Blu-ray, I didn't watch it. Mm. I fucking deleted it. I was like, I'm going to watch it On Rough again. <laughs> it was <Deleted> great. <laughs> 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 oh god! Yeah, uh, but this is the first point where I was like, "This sounds the 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 score to this is incredible mm. because it, there's like loads of really strong whirring wind noises." Mm. I don't know this this probably won't mean anything to you, but it sounds like a Pessage Divers soundtrack, which is a Swiss uh, black metal band, right, right, Or oh, one man mm. band thing. Uh, he speaks French. What Pessage Diva? It's the uh, what's that winter se- winter landscape or something? I think mm. it translates to. But there's always like this like intense like wind howling mm. scenes, and I was like fuck. I feel like I'm listening to a paysage de Vera album on top of this like gruesome gore film.
1: Yeah. And I was I, then I was really into it. I also love like so yeah, the score is fucking cool. And then after he's murdered this this girl, mm. I love the title, the main. Title. Oh yeah, it's fucking cool. So we've got him after he's killed this girl, and we see. Like it. It's like a shot of just Ogroff, the title, like floating, yeah, in midair, mm. and then some blood sort of splatters onto the screen. Mm. But it, it's fucking great. It's like really cheap, but it looks kind of great. It's as like well. he
0: like painted the title Ogroff onto a plate of glass, which is some we something we come back to a few times. And you're exactly right. That's yes! how they did it. So I'm, I'm, I'm,
1: I've got this film. Yeah, now. you've <laughs> smashed it. So yeah, they they had a piece of glass. Uh, had it painted on there mm. and then the actor splashed the blood onto yeah. the, the glass. But it looks, it's fucking cool. It's like, it's a cheap, simple effect, but mm. it looks great. Yeah. So is this after we get the title shot that we go back
0: to the dad who's like mm. searching for his kid? Oh, he goes into the forest mm. and like behind the trees and we get these shots of just the tree branches <laughs> waving
1: around and then he comes out with no head. I love this so much. So <laughs> Like, yeah, this headless... Body walking out, but he's, the hands are, like, still grabbing at yeah. the neck stump. It's, it's like that shot from Bad Taste. Yeah, 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 yeah. it's <laughs> fucking awesome. And, yeah, he, the headless corpse falls over, the hand's still fucking feeling at the stump. And then, fucking Ogroff himself. The, the man himself. Bonkers Ogrof <laughs> comes... Storming out mm. of the bushes. Do you want to describe what Ogrof looks like? Because it's, it's pretty special. It, it really is. So <laughs> he's got kind of
0: like a gimp mask. Mm. A gimp mask in the style of like the Phantom of the Opera type mm. mask. So it's only covering half his face. It looks leather with some weird like studs in there. And he's wearing a woolly hat. <laughs> and what looks like a burlap sack for clothes. Yeah. And he's kind of doing like he's kind of like side shifting his jaw yeah. so all we see is his teeth just like and he's holding <laughs> this axe and he looks like a fucking weird hillbilly
1: gimp. But it, it also has, like, a very French flavor to it. I think it's the black beanie gives it, like, a right. bit of a French vibe as well. Uh, <laughs> do you want to take a, a guess as to who is playing Ogroff? Oh, is it the director? It sure oh, is. Fucking <laughs> so I this, this is Moutier himself uh, playing Ogroff, and, man, he's fucking, he's loving this role. He really is. <laughs> he's loving it. So we've got Ogroff storming out of the bushes, mental synth pounding over the top. Mm. The woman, I guess, the wife of the guy that's just been decapitated, she goes running away. (laughs) They have like a moment where they're sort of Ogroff is chasing her around the car and it's almost like Abbott and Costello. Oh yeah, (laughs) it's so silly, yeah. And yeah, she runs off into the woods. Ogrof chases after a no sound except that synth just, like, pounding yeah. over the top. We've got a great shot of them running down the road with, like, a POV of Ogroff with just the axe in front mm. of the camera. The music here, it kind of sounds like The Shining score, like the opening oh, okay. of The Shining, if that score was recorded by, like, a fucking maniac, like, in a basement <laughs> somewhere. Like, it, it's it's got that kind of feeling, but it's really fucking distorted and, yeah. and horrible. So the, the woman runs out of the woods, uh, gets back onto the main road. She tries to wave down cars. Just to set
0: the scene, we're in the middle of fucking nowhere. Like no cars are passing Mm. by at all. And this is one of the things I really liked about this film. Regardless of what direction the camera is pointing in, you never see any landmarks or anything. It's Mm. just straight roads for miles. Mm. And you really get that Feeling of claustrophobia, even though you're mm-hmm. out in the in the openness. Yeah, that's a good. You point. get a feeling of claustrophobia because it doesn't matter where you go. There's there's nothing. Yeah, <laughs> oh, it was really kind of suffocating. Yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was bizarre. But yeah, in some kind of miraculous way,
1: a car drives by. Mm. She flags it down. What I I love though, like as soon as the car is flagged down, mm. Ogroff is like, no, he just gives and up. He yeah. gives up and he just walks off sadly. <laughs> but then. The people that have pulled over are absolute cunts. Fucking French. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'll say that. (laughs) No, you can say that. It's fine. we are allowed to insult the French. It's fine. But yeah, the guy driving, like, jumps out. And he's, like, jumping up and down like a Mm. fucking ape. Mm. It's like, what is he doing, this guy? And and he he yells at her to use her legs.
0: Yeah. What a dick. That's it. She's just outrun a killer. She's finally found her, like vessel to safety. Yeah. And she gets close to the car and he's like, hey, use your legs. They're good for you. And then they drive off again. And then Ogroff looks back (laughs) and he's like, oh, the chase is back
1: on. (laughs) And music kicks back in. So she's back on the run again. And I love as well, like her breathing is clearly being dubbed by a man in this, (laughs) which is probably the director as well. Yeah. And yeah, she's running and then looks off into the distance and sees... Someone pushing a bike and Mm. dragging a cart along. She goes up to this person, follows after this person, and they turn around. Who is it? It's fucking (laughs) Ogroff. And what's in the cart? (laughs) The dead kid. Yeah, which I assume is her daughter. It's Letitia, yeah. (gasps) Oh, yeah. That's her daughter, isn't it? That is quite fucked. Fuck, yeah. And yeah, Ogroff captures her. holding onto her starts to walk off with her but then she just breaks free like very easily Mm -hmm, yeah (laughs) runs back into the woods again and as she's running she starts running past like pieces of trash yeah and then she walks past like this very fake looking skull with like an axe (laughs) smashed (laughs) into it and she comes across ogroff's shack I love
0: it. <laughs> it's, so it's one good. of those things that happens. You know, you you're running and you find a house. You know, mm. and you think, oh, someone there can help. Maybe they have a phone I can use. But of course, it's fucking all is houses. Yeah. It?
1: And she enters the shack, and it is very much Texas oh, yeah. or Massacre on a budget. <laughs> Lots of plastic
0: bones like yeah. plastered around staying on the about. wall, and this is that and then we get this ridiculous shot of of a zoom into a little nudie pick on the wall yeah. What's one that of, about? of across nudie pics and they like, make such a point It's like, yeah. like Zoom into this like Topless picture <laughs> oh, A spooky picture mate yeah.
1: Spooky topless photo. Some sci-fi sound effects Yeah There's there's lots of uh, Bits of body parts Around mm. as well There's like a full corpse Just like behind a curtain Somewhere She doesn't seem very phased I don't know that, That's exactly what I've got She's very like Like not very fussed About it is she She's just like Oh this. a is- couple of dead bodies and whatever. About, yeah. But then she puts her hand down and gets, like, some blood on her hand and absolutely panics at I, this point. I thought she cut herself on oh, something. Oh, is that what happened? I don't know. I, I, but I, they, but I, maybe you're right. I have... I don't know. It's very chaotic, but basically she's got blood on her hand yeah. and holds it up to the camera. Yeah,
0: she's, like, showing <laughs> it the, it camera. the camera.
1: It's fucking <laughs> great. And, uh, yeah, she, she runs out of the, the shack. Ogroff appears and chains her up to... <laughs> I guess you would call it a crucifix. Yep. That he's got in his front yard, which is yeah, basically this big crucifix with some decapitated heads in various states of disrepair. <laughs> <laughs> not decay. Yeah. I guess they are plastic, So <laughs> very plastic looking heads. <laughs> and uh yeah, chains are up to that. And he's, <laughs> I love, I love this moment so much. He gets like really annoyed at her screaming. Mm. There's sort of a, a kind of half baked running thing of Ogroff getting annoyed by sounds. Sure. This. But yeah, he, he's a bit annoyed at her screaming and he just strangles her lightly. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> for a little bit. <laughs> yeah. And then I, I mean, I can't quite work out what happens, but He seems to stab her face or neck or something. I I thought, like, at first
0: he goes to tape her mouth shut, Mm. but then, like, cuts out her tongue. Oh,
1: is that what he's doing? Okay, That's that's what I took from it. That makes sense, right? Yeah, I couldn't work out what was happening. Mm. Because he basically, like, leans in and stabs. And then we see him just holding a bit of flesh, so yeah. I guess that must be the tongue right right that right. makes that makes total sense, and he feeds it to his dog, oh has got a dog he does i'm ca- <laughs>
0: this you know this this is a tangent this is a tangent, but um, it's nice that he has a dog, and it kind of reminded me of that uh film angst,
1: oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. there's
0: always that dog running around, yeah, and it's like man's best friend doesn't matter if he's are a serial killer or what <laughs> and uh can I go on a tangent, sure. <laughs> You know, when, um, you know, Angst got released in Japan a few years ago. Mm. It was like a, re- a re-release. Song. It It's like a 4K remaster or something. Mm. They made a trailer for it. And in the trailer, you see the dog running around. Of course, you know, it's a serial killer film, right? But there's a dog running around in the trailer. And there was such a kind of concern from the Japanese public of whether the dog would be killed or is the dog safe or something And so many people were posting about it, like, I want to see this film, but I don't want to see it if the dog gets hurt. And it's it's in such a huge volume that the company putting out the film actually put out a statement and made their hashtag saying, like, the dog is safe. And it became such a big thing. And there became all this, like, merch and posters and everything of just saying the dog is safe the dog is safe and, <laughs> and anytime like there's a film that has some like animal in it was like a horror film with an animal in it people start using that hashtag like inuga buji like the mm. dog is safe and this totally reminded me of that mm. like if this were to be released now
1: I would have that little hashtag, <laughs> you know, bougie this. Yes, I was really happy to see the dog in this. It is, it isn't a, it is a strange phenomena, isn't it? Cause I, I'm the same. Like, I hate seeing a mm. dog get killed in a film. Mm. What's that Mark Wahlberg film where he fucking decapitates the dog? Uh, do you know, do you know the one I mean? It's him and Reese, um, Witherspoon. Do you know the one I'm talking not about? Not saying that. And he, he like carves her name on his chest. Oh. And it's weirdly. That film, whatever it is, is a remake of a Bollywood film. The fuck? Which is, like, usually the, yeah, the other, other way, way around, around yeah. right? Um, but it's got a scene where Mark Wahlberg, like, fingers Reese Witherspoon. Oh, I thought you we say fingers a <laughs> dog. It's <laughs> not a dog and <enough>. uh, Yeah. <laughs> dog and Mark.
0: <laughs> dog and Mark. There's
1: a famous scene where he like fingers race with a spoon on a roller coaster. Oh, it's bloody But that film, it's you know, like it's like a 90s film. It's not really that violent right. or anything. But he fucking like chops a dog's head off. Why? And it's not nice. It's not. Why good. would he do that? Ah, here it is. It's called Fear from 1996. I don't Highly recommend don't that. Other that one. than the dog getting chopped up. <laughs> okay. Now,
0: speaking of beheadings, yes. this next scene was quite shocking <laughs> for me. It's pretty. <laughs> this was quite fucking grim. Like, it's, it's also funny as well, though. It, like it's say. funny, isn't? It's so over the top that you're yeah. like, you're like, oh my god! Yeah. Everything up to this point was kind of like like silly and fun. Yeah. This is this is
1: quite intense, and it just happens. Yeah. like it's very quick. So he, he's cut out the woman's tongue, fed it to the dog, and then just hard cut to Letitia. Getting no. thrown down onto a slab. It's like just- on a tree stump or something. <laughs> yeah, on a tree stump. And just having a head sawn off. So this is like a little kid. This yeah. is like a five or six year old kid. <laughs> I hate to say this, but I was fucking laughing so hard because it's so... It's so fucked. It, it, it really and is. it's really frantic, the way, <laughs> the way
0: it's he saws off. it. There's <laughs> a, but also, the, <laughs> there's also, like, a lot of resistance with the dummy that they're using, yeah. so it, it feels really real. Yeah. It's not like a clean cut. He's really... He's <laughs> giving it his it. all with that yeah. axe. Poor Letitia. Oh, Letitia. And, and his mum's on the cross yeah. next to him,
1: probably watching. God. So he he's chopped Letitia to bits oh. and then he takes some of the, the kid flesh, <laughs> kid, <laughs> flesh. <laughs> kid <laughs> flesh, and he, he goes into a shack and he, he throws it down into a, into a trapdoor. Mm. We don't see what's down there. What's in there. We don't know. Don't worry. We'll find out in the last 30 minutes of the film, but <laughs> yeah, I, I, <laughs> I, I was, I was like, what's this about? He's just yeah. like throwing yeah. meat in a hole in his room. <laughs> <laughs> just <laughs> throw meat in a hole. <laughs> And then, and then, oh, fuck, I forgot about the next bit. Then he has a little campfire in front of the, the mum. And he's just, like, cooking body parts oh, nice. in front of this crucified mum. And then he's just sitting there, like, munching down bits yeah. of this kid. that he's is cooked. He, is he a cannibal, then? I guess so. Jesus, I guess there's not much uh, food out in the woods. <laughs> yeah. But I, I love as well in this, like when he's eating, it's just got this horrible, like slurping sound oh, effect. Yeah. Like a Japanese celery man eating ramen or something. I really can't emphasize how fucked up the sound effects are in mm. this. Like, they are ridiculous. And you'll hear one sound effect and it'll just cut out yeah. and be replaced with a new one. Oh, so yeah. Be like slurping sounds, slurping sounds, cut! Wind sounds, wind sounds, cut! But for me, that added
0: all to the experience. It's amazing. Oh, it was great. It was great. It's so fucking... In the last,
1: like, 30, 40 minutes is when it really (laughs) cranks up the insanity. Yeah, it's really crazy. Also, something to, like, point out here. This film has a very strange concept of time. Mm. The sun is constantly setting and then... (laughs) reappearing and like it's very hard to know like what time is Mm. passing in this so in this part after he's slurped down (laughs) that kid flesh the the sun goes down the moon comes out and we see a shot of a car getting worked on like with parts coming out of it right and at first i thought it was meant to be like the family like Letitia's family Mm. like her that car Mm. but i don't think it is. I think it's connected to something that happens later in the film. But we just keep cutting back to this car oh, okay. getting mucked about with. It's a very odd, an odd detail. Yeah. yeah, very odd detail. Mm. But then it's just daytime again. That's it. We yeah. just saw that car getting mucked about with, and then it's daytime. We've got uh, a new car coming mm. coming down the road, the same side road. Oh yeah. And this, yeah, this car pulls over. A woman gets out. Oh, we're in a town now. Not Only. quite yet. Oh, not so yet? she she pulls over. It's very it's it's kind of baffling the way it's all cut together. Okay. But she she pulls over and she looks at the abandoned car, and then she's like, oh, oh well. Gets into the car, goes into the city. Such a pointless shot. Yeah, it's just very odd. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of stuff like that where it's like, did you need that, mate? But okay, yeah. guess you're trying to get it to 80 minutes. Uh, but yeah, she this lady whoever she might be yeah. goes to a police station. We don't actually see her in the police station because they couldn't afford to do that. But as she's leaving, we hear a like a what do you say like a voiceover Mm. of the of a cop talking, and he's talking about Ogroff. He's he's saying like take you to Ogroff, like Ogroff can't be found. He's everywhere in the forest. He knows it inside out. He knows every path, every tree. It's his home. Oh, I love yeah. the idea that the cops are yeah. like
0: fully aware of Ogroff. I know you get these very, very slight little insights of the narrative mm. that come like every, every far and few in between. But when they do come, it ma- just makes it so much more juicy. Mm-hmm. They kind of add made this like a lure about this Ogroff, like
1: boogeyman type yeah. character mm-hmm. and she's looking for him. Yeah. So we don't really ever understand who she is. No, but she's maybe my, my guess was like, maybe she's someone who wants to get revenge on Ogroff. But then as it goes on, maybe she just wants to fuck Oggrof. <laughs> yeah. We never quite know, <laughs> but, but it took a
0: strange turn of events, didn't mm-hmm.
1: it? Yeah. So she goes back to the forest wonders about looking for Ogroff. Yeah. Then, oh my god, I love this scene! Oh, <laughs> this is so great. So we cut to <laughs> two silly French lads who are playing fucking chess yes. up <laughs> in the middle of the forest. And this is where
0: we get the greatest song. Oh, this played. is where it's
1: like This is oh, where Rasta... listening on the radio. Yes, right? yes, yeah. yes, yes. yeah
0: Okay. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa! <laughs> stop, stop them at like pause the Ogroff killing. <laughs> yeah. This song is fucking incredible. And I've mentioned... Bit of a tangent. I've mentioned uh, before... I think it was one of the really early, like, Infernal Rapist episodes. And the score sounds like... um, Dungeon synth, (laughs) yeah, yeah, yeah. To describe dungeon synth, it's like, I mean, it 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 derives. This is the second time we're talking about black metal in this episode. It's not, (laughs) but um, it derives from black metal, but it's all like made on like a shitty keyboard, right? Right. And it's like imagine it's a fucking soundtrack to Dungeons and Dragons or something stupid Mm. like that. But there's a subgenre of dungeon synth, and it's called cozy synth Mm -hmm. and it's all like really nice sounds and like heartwarming sounds yeah but uh, again all made on like the shittiest Casio keyboard you could possibly ever find Mm. and this sounds like that but the melody is so good yeah (laughs) little ruster melody I fucking loved it so yeah you got these idiots playing chess (laughs) in the forest listening to this fire track oh it's so good (laughs) but yeah like
1: they're playing chess And there's also a woman with them who is just, like, fucking hanging about Hmm. in the car, smoking a cig. It's just, like, it's the most French picnic you could ever fucking imagine. In the fucking woods, two fucking cunts playing chess and a lady (laughs) smoking a cig in a car. (laughs) Yeah. And then we get the looming shadow of an axe
0: approaching. And we're like, oh, here we go, lads. Time to die. But
1: it's just... Some old man It's a bum Carrying an axe Who Who asks for A cigarette I think Mm. And then they throw him A pack of cigarettes Mm. But it's also A little bit chilly In the woods So we've got some wind Blowing as well Which Which leads Which leads The woman to light An extremely (laughs) Dangerous looking fire Next to the guys Playing
0: chess (laughs) <laughs> it's like some fucking branch on the floor yeah, that she it's, like just, it's not even a campfire it's just a branch they took off a tree yeah. like a dried up old branch oh, that they set fire to it's so good so
1: this random i didn't
0: know it was like you said it because it's a bit chilly i'm just
1: like she yeah, looks yeah. like she's just burning stuff <laughs> yeah it's pretty wild um so yeah we've had this random homeless guy show up with the axe and he's gone off on his way that whole interaction Really feels like a silent film because there's no dialogue exchange. Right, yeah, it's just yeah, him yeah. going like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. but does yeah, work on yeah, the podcast." But, no. <laughs> <laughs> but he's just like, yeah, "I get what you mean, yeah. Dave." He's just like <laughs> nodding at the reference. Dave is nodding. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it really fucking feels like a silent film at this yeah. point. But then, out of literally the out of the sky, best entrance ever. Out of fucking nowhere ogre falls from the sky yeah. and la- and lands on the chess table and immediately begins smashing it to fucking smithery. The, the, the <laughs> is- chess board, oh it yeah, yeah. the chess board. It's so fucking great. I love it so much. She's just smashing it to pieces, and we get this awesome. I I fucking love this. It's like POV of one of the the random chess playing Frenchman <laughs> running away. So it's like his point of view. Yeah. And then suddenly the screen like splashes with blood. So again we've got like that mm. kind of glass effect mm. happening. And we're like, whoa, what just happened? Like there's this blood splashed onto the screen. And then we cut to his Him on the ground with an axe in his face. And he's, like, touching at his face. And then we're back to the POV of, like, the fingers, like, touching the bloodied screen. This is great. So it's like we kind of get
0: the the point of view shot of this guy who's just been axed in the face. And he's, like, kind of rubbing his eyes or, like, kind of rub the blood out of his eyes. All we can see is his fingers on the other side
1: of the glass just rub it. It's It's, really gross. It's a great... Like, it's a really creative moment as well that's Mm. what i love about this film and that's why to me it felt like a like a younger director's film because it has all these like crazy choices Mm. that you wouldn't expect from a man in his 40s yeah (laughs) just wild stylistic choices and then we get another very harsh cut to him axing
0: (laughs) the leg off the other guy right yeah
1: the other guy just gets his foot hacked off And then he goes over to the shitty fire <laughs> that the woman's made and burns the stuff. He starts, starts rubbing so- this on fire tree branch on his <laughs> kind of leg. Oh my God, it's so fucking uh-huh. mental. And then just like, plops him in the chest with the axe. Oh yeah. It's fucking... And then... Uh, oh, this is
0: my favourite bit of this whole like, the whole film. What, the random act of violence on the Volkswagen? Yeah, and I
1: <laughs> love this scene... So the woman's in the car, uh, like just screaming like crazy, and Ogroff is just up on the car with a mallet. Like he's got a mallet now. Oh, was that? Yeah, and he's just smashing the fucking car up, like smashing it to bits. And there's this amazing moment where the woman like puts her hand out of the door to try and escape, and he just he just slaps the door shut and then mallets her hand off. And it's it's just fucking lunacy But it just keeps going For so long mm. He like goes to the front of the car And like rips out the engine With his bare hands <laughs> And like blood's like Pouring out of the car Cause like it's yeah, like He's yeah. like dying from her hand Being fucking chopped off <laughs> And then not only that, but he goes over to the the tape recorder, which yeah. is playing that great oh, song. Oh, and the
0: music kicks in again. Yeah, yeah. and he just
1: stamps on it, yeah. like, fuck you. And he's <laughs> not like, he's not a fan of cozy synth.
0: It's, it's, <laughs> it's, what was it? R- Rasta, Rasta something. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Rasta Reaper. What
1: a name. So then he wanders back into the woods again. Um, we get a shot of that car getting worked on again. Still don't know what that is. And then back to Letitia's mum, Who is still on that fucked up crucifix. And Ogrof is just, like, dancing around her. (laughs) Just, like, mocking her. And then, so, she's, like, survived quite a ways into this film. She had a a tongue cut out, right? Yeah, she had a tongue cut out, but she's still hanging about on that crucifix. I assumed that she was gonna be, like, you know, a main character. But nope. Ogrof just chops her to bits. Axes her. Axes her up. Done.
0: That's her done. Well, I don't get the point of the cross, but um
1: <laughs> whatever. It's a bit of fun. There's a, I mean you can say that about a lot of things. Just don't get the it's
0: point fun. of this movie, but yeah. it's a bit
1: of fun. <laughs> oh god, I also love this as well. Like we then cut to Ogroff pushing a car along, which mm. I I guess is Letitia's family's car. I don't know. don't know why he's doing this, but he he pushes it into, like, a river or a lake oh, or yeah, something. Yeah, but there's yeah. this really funny shot of, like, a toy car getting, like, <laughs> thrown into water. It's I, I don't crazy. remember that. <laughs> oh, man, that really made me laugh. Oh, I don't remember that. And then, in a baffling <laughs> turn of events... Is this where we get another woman driving? A
0: new woman driving? Yeah,
1: yeah, so he's pushed his car into the into the river or lake. Then we just cut to, like, a random mm. person that we've not met driving along, who pulls over for no, no reason, reason in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> in the middle of nowhere, goes to her boot, opens it up, and all cross just in there. And he, like, fucking
0: jumps out the boot. <laughs> and, of course, her axes her, yeah. Yeah, like, the
1: scene has just nothing to do with anything. It's fucking insane. It's so fucking He's mental. like, we've we got
0: a little bit of film left over. Let's just film some uh, filler.
1: Yeah, fuck. All right. This lady's here. Like, let's just get her in the film.
0: <laughs> oh, oh, I in the boot. Oh, why <laughs> did she pull over? None of
1: it makes any sense. And is so there, there's, there's no build. There's nothing. Absolutely mad. Oh, and then the next scene though is fucking so good. So oh, wow, Ogroff yeah. goes back to his his shack. He's chopping up body parts again, feeding them to his dog. He I think this, flings this over to them
0: was probably the the time where where there probably the moment that I was like, this feels. Like some old man's fetish, right? Video. Yeah, this is the most like, yeah, it's grimmest scene. fucking disgusting. And uh, this was the first time I was like, "What the fuck is this movie?" Until <laughs> the point I actually filmed a little like Instagram yeah, story, yeah. right? Uploaded. It. I was like, "What the fuck am I watching?" And to my surprise, so many people commented mm. on that. And yeah. they were like, what the... F-? Like some, some people were like, what the fuck I- are you watching? Or, this looks like some deep web shit or something. <laughs> and then some people were like, oh, I really hope this is for showing me something oh, wrong. nice. nice. But, the, but there was a ton of people who were like, hey, Agraf."'re Right. And I was yeah, like, yeah. wait, how does everyone know this film? So many yeah, people yeah. were just like, fuck, Oggraff, Hell yeah, this is a great film. And like, it's- for me, it's, this is a completely mm. new film.
1: This is, I mean, this is one of the m- most seen films I think we've covered, actually. Seriously? Yeah, yeah. Because, like, I don't know when it happened, but I-, I think maybe, you know, Bleeding Skull? Yeah. That website, like, they covered it. That's when I, I remember first reading about it. And I think it kind of had sort of a resurgence at that oh, okay. point. Because people are just like, what the fuck is this crazy film? Yeah, I was so surprised to see how many
0: people actually mm. knew it. So I-, I wanted to ask, like, or may- maybe you were going to, planning you're planning on saving it for the end of the pod but like what's its current state in terms of mm. release
1: yeah it's had dvd release. oh really before. like yeah. official yeah so it it's it's pretty it's easy to see this film right yeah, it's not an obscure film. oh okay unlike some of his other films like mm. this is like way more oh okay scene. yeah so yeah th- this is this is not really this is one of the less obscure ones we- we've this done. is one of the less obscure yeah, ones this is one oh, of the less obscure up. ones yeah but anyway so, into this fucked up scene so he again feeds whatever's in his cellar and then he just has it's so fucking grim he has a big like bucket <laughs> a big <laughs> bucket of blood and it's on the floor yeah oh, it's just placed
0: on the floor. It's like that fucking plate of hot dogs in worm meters. Oh, it's just God. on
1: the floor. It's so grim. And he, he's, like, got a big ladle, and he's, like, oh. sipping it like it's soup. Oh, so you do know what a ladle is. <laughs> it's a big spoon. Fuck off. He's got a big spoon, and he's sipping it like it's soup. Yeah.
0: Like in front of the camera, yeah. staring at the camera, <laughs> sipping from this bloody label, ladle.
1: It's mad. And then he he sits down at the dinner table. He's eating gross fucking body parts and shit. Like, the synth playing over the top. He's playing with a fucking slingshot. He's got this photo of a, of a woman. Mm. We don't know who this is, but it's like a very old kind of photo. Maybe his mum. I think it's his mum, yeah. His That's mom. what I took yeah. from that. And then... He goes over to his bed where he has a whole series of axes hung up on the wall, which yeah. is very funny. Oh, and then he he's, lies down and just starts wanking off. But not his dick. He's wanking off with his axe, just- acting as his dick. So he's got his axe in yeah. between his legs and he's just jacking it off. What the fuck, man? That shit's fucking... That is crazy. It's, it's, it's- dark.
0: It's dark time. <laughs> it's just like oh god I was watching my partner was like hey what are you watching I was like nothing nothing don't come don't look (laughs) I don't have a boner I don't have a boner (laughs) I'm just polishing my axe this is (laughs) I mean the this film is fucked but you know it's relatively harmless you know what I mean but if someone were to walk in whilst this (laughs) scene was playing
1: you would be judged yeah, yeah, you're you're right. It it is like despite the kid getting hacked mm. up, it is not that. It's like fucked of a blood film. brothers. It's too silly to exactly, take serious. Exactly. But this
0: scene is it's just dark. This scene's pervy. It's just him Very like pervy. fucking jerking off his accent. like being with his little gimp mask and woolly hat. Ah, oh, fantastic stuff. Love it. So after that, interesting the, scene. That <laughs> yeah, the woman is still looking for Oggrof, mm. finds a dead body,
1: isn't phased. Yeah, so this is where the film adds an element, where it's like, wait, what's going on Yeah. Here? So yeah, she comes across this this dead body hanging from a tree. The body has no love graffitied on it. What's that like, about? Like the words, no, I don't know. Uh, and yeah, the film takes a very fucking... Weird turn. Mm. Weirder... Not quite as weird as him wanking off the axe, but a a weird (laughs) narrative turn. Yeah, she cuts the rope and lets this body down. But then, the body comes to life. Mm. And it's a fucking zombie. (laughs) So then, yeah, she runs back to her car, takes out a gun, starts shooting the zombie. Oh, before that, like... She she lets him down from the tree,
0: right? Mm. And she kind of, like, goes to... She looks him, she tends... To him or looks at him and he kind of like comes to life. He's like, oh! So mm. she stabs him. Yeah. She just pulls out a knife and fucking stabs him. I'm yeah. like, whoa. I thought she was there to help him, but Wait no. A bit and yeah. then, like
1: you say, yeah, she runs, grabs her guns, she starts shooting him. Mm. But he just is like pulling the bullets out of his of his body because yeah. he's a fucking zombie for some reason. And then she attaches a rope. So the rope that he's been hung with, she attaches that to a car. Love it. Drives off, pops the fucking zombie's head off and then smashes up the decapitated zombie head with a rock. Just got no words. Fucking... What the fuck? Good lord. Then back to fucking Ogroff just wandering about in the woods (laughs) and he comes across a man who has a chainsaw (laughs) and is just randomly chainsawing things. He's got his axe. Mm. We have an axe versus chainsaw fight. Before we get into... The amazing Chainsaw and Axe fight. This guy is a little bit famous as well. Mm. This is... I don't know how to pronounce this one. You can try. Alan. Fuck off. A-L-A-I-N. Right. Alan. Alan. <laughs> Alan Petit. Probably pronounce that time totally
0: wrong. Alan Petit is <laughs>
1: Little Alan. <laughs> so Little Alan is... <clears throat> A, yeah, well-known <laughs> film critic okay, in France. Little um, Alan. Yeah, Little Alan. And he's also acted in in a bunch of Jess Franco's films. Oh, really? So there you go. Jess Franco's Little Alan. <laughs> With a chainsaw. He's not that little, though. He's oh, a, he's, he's a, a big boy. Reasonably sized man. <laughs> but they have the most pathetic fight ever. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it up. Did you find it, though? Like, this is... So, yeah, they have this axe and chainsaw fight. And then Ogroff... Slams his axe into little Alan's guts, right? And then, but his reaction to getting like stabbed in the guts, like, he goes fucking nuts. Like, most of the people in this film I'm are not- just like, Oh, I'm dead, yeah, I'm yeah. done. This guy is like on the ground. Fucking screaming, <laughs> right. flailing about like a fucking
0: nutter. Oh, I don't remember. The the thing that I took away from this scene was just like, it was extremely long, mm. drawn out. They're both like waving their axes and chainsaws around, but like really far away from each other. Mm. So it's like this like combat moment, but it's the way that it's filmed. It's like we can see, it's not filmed from behind one or the other of the characters. It's filmed in the middle. So we can see this massive gap in between mm. the both of them and it just looks
1: fucking terrible and it's also like very obvious that they couldn't damage the chainsaw oh for the yeah film, which yeah. you see later as well which is very funny but yeah ogroff gets the upper hand he stabbed the guy in the guts and then takes the chainsaw and just hacks off the guy's legs yeah and the guy's just like not moving he's just accepting his legs <laughs> being chopped off this
0: the scene. Like was well, painful to watch for me. Like <laughs> yeah. this, this I think this is the most fucked up scene for me. Really? Yeah, the leg thing.
1: Because then he, because what he does afterwards, yes. leg. Oh yeah, was... it was
0: fucking grim. <laughs> yes. Like it, it was so awful to watch. So yeah, he's he's cut this guy's leg off. So this guy's on the floor rolling around in pain, right, with no leg. Hogroff takes his severed leg. Brings it up to his face and starts squeezing it, <laughs> yeah.
1: squeezing
0: the seventh leg yeah. so that the blood comes out. And he's pouring this blood or squeezing this blood into the man's eyes. <laughs> of his own? Like his own leg. It's his own his, leg. His, <laughs> his own <laughs> leg. But it's like, it's his own, he's got his eyes wide open and he's getting his own <laughs> leg blood squeezed into into his eyes. Ugh. And the blood, I mean, what would that would have made of? I don't know, but it's a very pinkish, <laughs> thick looking, gross blood. That would have just been so painful to film. Ugh. It's fucking insane. It's so crazy. Yeah. I think I might have an eye thing that I've learned from doing this podcast. Like when we did uh, yeah. Soft Skin, when the, uh, mm. the character was licking the girl's eyes and I was like, oh. Oh, and then in this when the leg blood being squeezed into the open eyes like it just it it's fine if they're like fake eyes mm. you know like the zombie stuff like that zombie flesh Lucio Fulci zombie film that kind of shit severed eyes or guinea pig you get the the or the spoon that's like spooning out of the eyes or needle in the eyes love it when it's a real eye though yeah like i can't watch
1: yeah i mean it's it's fair enough cuz it's it's gross it's gross tongues going into eyes blood going into eyes no thanks not for me. Yeah, not for anyone. Except... Ogrof. Kasyaso, Sato, and Ogrof. The two eye fetish men. Yeah, so he's uh, squeezed the leg blood into the man's face. And we then- get that awesome, like, the-, the glass effect again, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Just- got, got that
0: going again. And a random act of violence against the chainsaw.
1: Yeah, that was what I found so funny. Because, like... He, I mean, we've seen Ogroff smash a card a bit, mm. but he will not touch this chainsaw. He's smashing the <laughs> chainsaw, but at such a distance, he's like nowhere near it. So they clearly had like hired
0: that and mm. then had to return it after the shoot. So then that scene's done and Ogroff, on his
1: way home, we can only assume, finds the girl. Yes, they finally meet and he captures her, carries her off and takes her... To his shack. <laughs> Ties her to a chair. Yeah, and then the, the music here as well, like the synth, starts to really sound like Dawn of the Dead as well. Right. To the point that I'm like, is this sampling Dawn of the right. Dead? <laughs> but yeah, he's got a strap to the kitchen table. It's very Texas Chainsaw mm. Massacre. He brings over that photo of what we can assume is his mum. Yeah. And is like comparing her to the yeah, photo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then brings a knife over... We think he's going to maybe chop her up. But then huh? he frees her. Well Then she looks like his mum. Yeah. But, but then, then. <laughs> but then, guy, he carries her over to his fucking gross axe wank bed. <laughs> and she hugs him. Yeah. And we are to assume, we are to assume, guy, yep. that Ogroff. It fucks that girl Yeah And she's alright with it So from this well, point on yeah. Let's refer to her as Ogroff's girlfriend Ogroff's GF yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah Yes uh, The next morning She wakes up naked Yeah so, so we see her Get out of bed Completely nude And so yeah Ogroff fucks So Ogroff Fucks the girl, the girl Who looks like his mum Yeah. Nah. In his in his axe wank bed, Ugh, okay. I bet that's a
1: crusty old bed, is it? <laughs> but um, so they start to live like a domestic little life they
0: together. Do. And you know what? It really reminded me of uh, the, the setup in the Toxic Avenger. You know, you know, Toxie lives in the, the swamp and yeah, he's got that, yeah, like, yeah. young, like that. blonde, pretty girlfriend, like, doing yeah, all, like, yeah. his housework in that fucked up
1: place. <laughs> it's like that. She's, like, folding his laundry. Yeah. <laughs> She's burying all the body parts <laughs> as well, which yeah. is hilarious. Yeah. And, um, yeah, they're just hanging about and they, they're walking around outside together having a romantic stroll, I guess. And a, a car comes down the road and pulls over everyone just pulls over randomly in this film all the time so you shouldn't do that yeah ogroff is about to attack the person who's pulled over but then his girlfriend is like nah don't do it mate don't do it stops him takes him away so she's trying to change she's like i can change him she's she's trying to change ogroff ogroff's gf and then back at the shack (laughs) she's ogroff's girlfriend is tidying up the house Mm. And she finds a newspaper article. So there were no subtitles for this bit, but um, yeah, I've translated them. And this is kind of the backstory of Ogroff appearing here. So the first one says, departmental meeting of veterans. Right. And we see a picture of what we can assume is Ogroff, because he's got like, not the mask but he's like faces covered up right yeah something going on with his face and he's he seems to be maybe getting a a medal yeah and then the next article says commemoration of the war then the next one takes a turn and says strange disappearance in national forest Uh, (laughs) okay we can assume that Ogroff is some kind of war veteran Mm. we don't really know much more than that Mm. he maybe got a medal he got commemorated he was perhaps a hero but for some reason, went off to the woods <laughs> to kill people. To kill people.
0: <laughs> well, yeah. It's, um, you know, it's a good scene. And I like that they add these little bits of lore about the character here and there scattered around. However, the, the new girlfriend, GF, mm. she's like rummaging through his stuff or cleaning, I don't know. But she opens, like, the drawers... And in every drawer there's just this one newspaper article spread yeah, like just flat to, to out tell you that it what's is going on. It's a, she opens like three drawers or something and in each drawer there's just this like article spread flat out with nothing else inside the drawer like you can at least like you know mix it up with some junk or whatever and be like oh look at this amongst <laughs> the junk there's a Very... newspaper article no it's <laughs> like it's just like this one page spread flat out wherever she looks super convenient
1: oh yeah ogroff's like set it up it's like now I want her to know my backstory <laughs> I fought for this country. <laughs> yeah. Then I went into the woods and killed me. I'm jerked <laughs> off an axe. <laughs> yeah, the next article is like, man wanks <laughs> yeah. off. Axe.
0: War, war veteran jerks <laughs> off axe.
1: <laughs> oh, fucking hell. So then back to the fucking forest, and some different woman, not his girlfriend, is just. Fucking about in the forest What are people just walking around In this forest for Darn. But anyway Random woman walking around Ogroff has not Not been changed She's not managed to To make him <laughs> Right Cause he just Runs up, stabs the woman, and then licks the blood off (laughs) Oh, yeah. And then we get that weird, like, purple vision, right? What's that about? (laughs) I
0: don't know. Like, everything goes purple.
1: But I also love, as well, like, he's, like, killed her, licks the knife, and then we've just got him, like, smashing up her body, (laughs) like, in this, like, (laughs) demented rage. (laughs) And then he he carries the sack of her fucking body parts back to the shack, Mm. puts the meat, sack meat, Mm. into the cellar, and then... Ogrof's girlfriend goes over to the, the, the cellar. She's yeah, like, What's when Ogrof's not yeah. there, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and she she opens it up and freaks out. Mm. A hand starts to come out of it. She like, tries to close it, but it's too late. All these fucking zombies mm. start crawling out of Ogrof's fucking trap door. We're in a zombie film now, folks. <laughs> it's just like, do you know what? Like, I it had been a while since I would watched this, yeah. and I forgot that it randomly turns right. into a zombie film. <laughs> it's fucking great. Oh, oh it's so it. fucking stupid! And loads of them come out. Yeah, there's a ton of it's zombies. A lot. So and, she's freaking out, mm. and yeah, one bursts through the wall.
0: Oh no, no, no! I don't. I don't th- I, I was wondering about well, yeah, what, this. What do you think happened here? So I think I could be wrong, but anyway. So she, she's kind of backing away from these zombies, right? Mm. And she's walking backwards. And behind her, what I think it is, is like a taxidermy zombie. Right, right. Because it's like Mm. the head and arms like coming out the wall, but not moving as if it's like been placed there. Yeah, yeah. And it looks like an ornament. And she kind of, she's backing away from these zombies and she kind of approaches close to the wall. And then this
1: Mm. taxidermy zombie comes to life and grabs her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because it kind of looks... Like, you can see the head, like, it's, like, mounted. Yeah. Like a kind of statue or something like that, right? Crazy. But, yeah, she turns around, stabs this taxidermy zombie, and maggots are, like, coming out of the face.
0: Uh, Oh, yeah, and then this is when the non-stop zombie groaning commences. (laughs) From here on for the next, like, what, 30 minutes? It's just like... (laughs) Like, and it's just so... It's (laughs) so repetitive. It's like they had that
1: one audio sample that they just, like, relentlessly used. Uh, Dude, and not only just the sound, but, like, from this point on, it's so fucking insane Mm. and repetitive. Mm. It's like this droning nightmare for, Mm. like, the last part of this film. So Ogroff's girlfriend runs out, hides in the car... The zombies come bursting out, and you know what I I fucking love this shit. So the zombies coming out, one of them is just walking <laughs> like a normal man. <laughs> just like, yep, here we go. Apparently the zombie actors had a lot of debate over what kind of zombies they wanted to be. And you mm. can you can really see it because they're not very consistent. <laughs> sure. Yeah, no, they're very different. Yeah. So the zombies are attacking the car, Ogroff appears out of nowhere. Starts fighting off the zombies, chopping them to pieces. Mm-hmm. Zombies start coming out of fucking random graves oh, I love in it. the in the forest. Ones just like coming out of the ground. And this is when the
0: music gets even better. Yeah. You get this
1: like swing jazz. It's like <laughs> stick, 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 stick,
0: stick, stick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, here we go, lads!" And from here, it's like a nonstop fever dream of just oh. zombies walking around, madness,
1: mad swing jazz screaming zombie groaning the the girlfriend as well has a gun that seems to have the ability to blow people up (laughs) like the story of ricky gun or something she like shoots a zombie and it (laughs) blows up there's like fucking blood everywhere chaos all over the fucking place the girlfriend drives off like running over some zombies and Ogrof is, like, all sad. Like, oh, she's left me alone. This is... Before that, he spears one of them, Oh, yeah, it? I forgot about that. He fucking... He spears a zombie. Oh,
0: but my yeah, God. But, yeah, you said, yeah, she drives off, and he's like... Ooh, and he kind of sadly walks back, like, really, like, shoulders, mm.
1: like, slunched down. But then... He, he's, he's got something hidden in his shack. Yeah. So, in his shack, he's got a little fucking motorbike oh. that he takes out... And he rides off on this bike. Oh, and I love it! I, like, like, I love
0: it when he puts his helmet on. Yes. <laughs> yeah. he puts his helmet on top of it. So he's got his fucking <laughs> gimp, mask, gimp mask, a woolly hat, <laughs> and now a motorcycle helmet. Oh, it's
1: so good!
0: I just felt it so funny. They make such a big deal about this motorbike. Mm-hmm. They film it from so many angles.
1: Yeah, like, <laughs> look at
0: this. Got this fucking Yamazaki out here, and it <laughs> and they make such a big deal out of it. I feel like that's the most expensive prop they oh, had, yeah. and they really wanted to show it off. But yeah. That's where that ten grand went to. Oh man. And yeah, he uh he's he, he puts his helmet on, he drives off through the forest. We're we're in the forest, they're not even on a road. And he's got his axe in one hand, mm. dro- uh, how dangerous would this have been? <laughs> yeah, he's not wild. even using both his hands, he's got an axe in one hand, he's he's trying to drive his motorcycle with another hand, he's wearing a mask and a motorcycle helmet so his vision is completely obscured (laughs) and then he just starts lopping the heads
1: off of zombies which is like i mean i don't want to be too mean to this film but it's horribly shot and edited where it's like he's on a bike cut to a very long still shot (laughs) of a fake dummy head and it's cut off Mm. And we're back to the bike. It's like it's like so obviously there's no motion in these shots at yeah. all. It's not great. But yeah, like Ogruff's girlfriend is driving around, fucking mowing down zombies along the way. He's chasing after her, trying to catch up to her. And he he eventually catches up and smashes the axe mm. into the car and immediately falls off the bike after doing this. Yeah. And she crashes. In, into a tree. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. This is where it gets absolutely baffling. We've essentially now just got all these shots of, like, zombies wobbling down a road. Mm. And then more zombies coming out of the ground. Zombies wandering around in the forest. Again, shots of that car that we don't know. What the fuck is this mm. car getting worked on? And then it's nighttime again. Yeah. And then the car starts up that we've seen getting worked on. And then we're... Back to daytime again. It's like, okay, (laughs) all right. So we just went through a whole night. Like, where's Oggruff? Where's the girlfriend? Yeah, she crawls out of the the crashed car. Randomly daytime again. She gets up all frazzled from the crash. Then runs into the woods. The zombies come after her. And then she finds a payphone it's like a it's like a sos box yeah right? she goes over it to mm. to, to make a, a call but then these weird eyeball lights they're like cat eyes aren't yeah. they just start glowing on the box
0: Wait, what's that about for some reason and that freaks around she runs
1: away she runs away zombies chase
0: after her and then the swing jazz kicks in <laughs> and <laughs> it's nighttime again
1: <laughs> it's nighttime <laughs> Then daytime again. (laughs) Oh, man. And Ogrof is awake. He gets up off the fucking ground. And he starts, like, smashing up zombies left, right, and center. One, he gets, like, one zombie. I love this. He, like, grabs one zombie, tears the zombies' guts out, and just starts eating them. (laughs) Ogrof doing this. (laughs) And then the zombies overpower him Mm -hmm. and stab him with his own axe. Kill him with his own axe. Yeah. Then wander off and I'm like, surely Ogroff's not dead. But no. That's it, he's done. We never see him again. Ogroff's done. We never see him again. Ogroff's dead. He just gets killed by these zombies. Baffling. Then cut to the suburbs somewhere. Mm -hmm. Don't know where we fucking are. And some random cunts doing some fucking gardening in his front <laughs> oh, garden. Oh, yeah, the so thing. And then we we get this like ridiculously shameless rip off of the burning, <laughs> mm, when he's got the, sh- yeah. the shears, and you get that classic burning shot of the shears yeah. coming up, and he chops up some some zombies, like cuts their fingers off and stuff. Uh, Ogroff's girlfriend is continuing to just wander around with zombies chasing her back in the woods again. It's it's all over the fucking place. Mm. Then we cut to a guy mm. driving a car. Mm. And this person driving this car yeah. is the only truly famous okay. person in this film. Did you recognize? No. Oh. <gasps> okay, so this is Howard Vernon. What would I have known him for? Are you a fan of Jess Franco? Yeah, Mark. So to an extent. He is in fucking, I don't know, like 50 Jess Franco. Right. <laughs> so, so these days he's probably best known for that. He's a Swiss actor, but he's—I mean—he's appeared in like films by big directors. Really, so he, he's in a Jean-Pierre Melville film. He's in a Jean-Luc Godard film. He's in a Fritz Lang film, <laughs> and he—he he was around for decades and decades. The beginning of his career, he usually played Nazis, ugh, and then eventually moved into like cheap horror films, right? And he is the awful Dr. Olaf. So he's in Jess Franco's Dr. Olaf. He is Olaf. So he is like the character that inspired the title of this film. Oh, awesome. So apparently he... So this is a fairly big name, especially for for this film to be be in this. And apparently he ended up being in the film because Mutia interviewed him for his fanzine Mm. and then was like, hey, I'm making this film. And... Apparently Howard Vernon was really excited about this role because he was like, I get to be a priest vampire. Sorry, spoiler warning for what's about to happen. But he was like, that's fucking awesome. I want to do that. So that's why he ended up being in this role. No way. So yeah, Dr. Olaf himself, Howard Vernon in a priest outfit driving along. He picks up Ogroff's girlfriend and she's like panicking. She's like, Mm. the dead have come back to life this is a fucking nightmare. And he's just like, "Ah, don't worry about it. (laughs) Don't worry about it. It's normal. (laughs) He's like, just fobs (laughs) her off. And she wants him to, to stop in the next village. Mm. But he says that he's in a hurry. It's a matter of life and death. And then he just pulls over, Mm. drags her out of the car. And then we reveal that he's a fucking vampire. Yeah. He gets his fangs out. Gets his fangs out, bites her, kills her. Yeah. And also fucking crucifies her that he has like a crucifix yeah. and he like fucking stabs stakes her
0: why would a vampire sorry have not a- crucifies <laughs> no, he-, 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 he, he, no, he stakes her. her yeah
1: why would a vampire have a stake very confusing very confusing then the sun comes out and he gets back into the car and i think at this point i'm like oh this is the car that we've been seeing <gasps> seeing the whole way through the film uh, is i what think it is? Oh, okay maybe okay but I don't know why. And we've seen don't it we get on. like
0: on his like dashboard or something? The cat eyes
1: light up again. Yeah, we see those random eyes light up again. What's yeah. that about? Then we cut to Ogroff's girlfriend. For some reason, is back in Ogroff's shack. Mm. Don't know how she ended up there. She gets pulled into the cellar, and again we see like a flash. Yeah, those eyes again. Then <laughs> a shot going down a road at night, and then end credits. That's it. <laughs> so Old Croft is like, Fuck it's no. just yeah. gone. He's for gone the, for He's the done. last like what, like five ten minutes of the film. There's Killed no Old by Croft. his own zombies. <laughs> it's baffling. Yeah. Before we get into our our thoughts on the film, just yeah. a few things about uh, the release of this film. So the movie had its premiere uh, during the first edition of a Super Eight Film Festival. Okay organized by the fanzine mad movies that i mentioned mm. before which was created by jean-pierre putez who owned that shop that we talked about movies 2000 where all these mm-hmm. people met to make this film Mutier himself made a bunch of vhs tapes to sell himself and try to recoup the costs of the film and in his words he said he distributed it like a fanzine like that was right. how, like, how he sold it essentially like directly to people sure the VHS tapes of Ogroff are very rare, those okay. original tapes. And they were made... You might know this better than me. I hadn't heard of this before. They're in a format called SeCam, So, S-E-cam. Uh, yeah. Do you, yeah. know, do you yeah. know that format? So, apparently, it's, like, kind of a rare format. Sure. And they're basically impossible to watch on American TVs. Right. So, even if you could find one, it would be very hard to, to watch so it. this wasn't it was released format. on VHS? It was, but it's, like, Cam VHS. It's, like, a different... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, popular in France kind right. of format of, mm. of VHS. And he released it under multiple titles on VHS. <laughs> so, there was the title in the film, Ogreff. Mm. But then the VHS tapes were known as Mad Mutilator. That's yep. probably the most famous title. Blood Zone. Yeah. And the Axe Monster. <laughs> Axe Monster. Cool. So... After this film, Moutier would go on to make seven more feature films Mm. and one more short film as well. So, one shot. Mm. His last two films are seemingly impossible to find. They're not even listed on Letterboxd. Okay. But in the week building up to this podcast guy, I watched all of his films (laughs) that I could get my hands on. Awesome, awesome. So, just a quick little summary of his films. So, after Ogroff... He made a short film called Haemophilia mm-hmm. in 1985. I couldn't find it anywhere. I think it's shot on film. It looks oh, really, really cool. It won some awards, but yeah, I couldn't find it anywhere, unfortunately. Oh. Then in 1988, I wish I had more information about this for you, but in 1988, he shot his US debut. Oh. <laughs> and it's a film called Operation Las Vegas. <laughs> And so it was shot in 88 and then released in 1990. Mm. And it's fucking crazy. Right. <laughs> it's this absolutely insane action film, almost incomprehensible, like plot wise, like maybe it's, action- it's not even horror. No, not horror. It's oh, an okay. action film. And even though it's really cheap, it's on a way bigger scale. To mm. So there's like big fucking explosions and oh, stunts wow. and like a huge amount of extras and locations. So it's pretty amazing but i have no idea how this production came about right i don't i don't know how he ended up making Mm. this film i really couldn't find much about it and then after that film which is like quite a while after ogroff that's like seven years after ogroff uh he he just started to make shot on video self-distributed films i mentioned at the start ogroff not much dialogue the sound was very difficult to do and that was kind of a blessing in disguise mm. because once he can shoot on video, he can more easily have dialogue. Right. And, oh, fuck, mate. His films are just so dialogue fucking heavy. Oh, really? <laughs> and it's exhausting. Oh, damn. They're exhausting. They what sound... a drastic change yeah, to Ogre it, it's such a big change. So... Honestly, like, all of these ones on video, they sound great on paper, mm. but they're just these meandering, not very fun films. Mm. They often star John Rollin, who he was a big fan of. And, I mean, I fucking love John Rollin too, but he's not a great actor. Uh, and it's mostly just characters just talking and talking and talking. So, in the 90s, he made Trepanator, which we that, mentioned That's the before. one I know, uh, but you said that's... Is that no good? That one's okay. That one's pretty fun. Right. It's like a shitty rip-off of Reanimator. Yeah. The main character's called Herbert East. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> pretty stupid. Also, in 1992, he made a film called Alien Platoon. Okay. There's no alien in the film. I think I sent you a clip from this. Did you? Oh, where it was I don't like remember. this like gross like zombie soldier right. just being like, I wanna fuck a woman. Oh, it's like yeah, screaming. Yeah, I think yeah, I sent yeah. you that clip. Yeah, yeah, he did. It's essentially imagine Predator, mm. but with a bunch of middle-aged fat Frenchmen wandering around in a forest and never actually seeing uh. an like alien. And it's not an alien. It's <laughs> on paper like, as you said on paper it sounds great yeah but it's oof, watching it yeah yeah, exhausting uh, then 1993 he made Dinosaur from the Deep not gonna watch that uh, which has <laughs> a tiny puppet dinosaur oh, chewing on people's hands might watch it it's pretty bad uh, <laughs> and then in 1994 he made the Edgar Allan Poe syndrome can't really tell you much about it mate it's okay. just a a guy that thinks he's Edgar Allan Poe torturing um, people we will go through that phase yeah <laughs> And then after that, he made two films that I said, I couldn't find them anywhere. I can find nothing about them. In 97, he made a film called Death Camp. uh, And then in 1998, he made a film called Brooklyn Cop. Okay. I can't find anything about them. Mm. One more thing about Moutier, and this is my favorite thing about him, so I've saved it for the end. So he died in 2020, Mm. but after his death, Norbert Moutier has appeared in the news quite a bit, actually. Really? Yeah. And this is my favorite thing about him. And this sounds weird, but this has kind of haunted me a little bit, this story. It, it like, made me quite emotional, this Mm. stuff. So, I don't know. Maybe it's just because I was, like, really sick when I was researching this podcast (laughs) and was in a weird feverish state. Yeah. So, in September 2020, a guy by the name of Xavier Girard... Uh, came across an enormous bag of handmade comics at a flea market. Right. There were so many comics that six big tables could be, like, covered in these comics. There were so many. So researching these comics and their history, he found that they were made by Norbert Moutier Mm. as a young child. Wow. So these were all comics made by Moutier by himself, Post war France from the age of five up until his adolescence. Fuck. And they're comics that were like inspired by American culture, right? So they're very like poppy kind of mm-hmm. comics, right? These were like what handwritten, hand drawn. Yeah. So yeah.
0: this was not even the Xerox stuff. This was the
1: I think so, yeah. Hand yeah. drawn, hand made stuff. Yeah, so they're all wow. like quite amateur, obviously, because it's a child making. Yeah. <laughs> but apparently they were like quite amazingly assembled so he Mm. must have had help from a family member or something to assemble them because they were like kind of professional Mm. looking even though they were like these comics made by a kid and i looked at these some of the images from these comics and they're just fucking awesome they're kind of it's a little bit like looking at mike deanna's work sure but without the horrible violence and weird sexual stuff um but all of these like comics were really carefully archived by Moutier. So he stored them really carefully and they were recently shown in an exhibition in 2021. Mm. And this guy that found them is working on a documentary about these like comics and about Moutier. Oh, awesome. Also along with the comics were about 600 photo negatives ranging from the forties to the sixties of Moutier's childhood. And the photos are just like incredible to look at. And one of them even shows Mutia as a little kid mm. dressed up as a superhero in an outfit that really reminded me of Oggrof, where oh, he's got, really? like, a mask on and <laughs> everything. <laughs> and I don't know. There was, like, something about this story that just, like, really struck a chord with me. And it made me feel, like, quite oddly, like, close to Mutia. Sure. And... Makes I, him seem very human. Yeah. Though. and And it, like... It made me realize as well, like this this guy, you know, he's like the ultimate fan, right? Yeah. Genre fan, where from his childhood up until his death, he like copied the things that he loved mm. and archived everything in this like really careful kind of way. And yeah, in interviews that I've watched with him, he talks about that, like from his childhood until making movies, he considered himself this like DIY craftsman, mm. right? And I think there's something, like, really, like, amazing and, like, beautiful about that. It also made me sad as well because this guy, like, dedicated his life to mm. making all of this stuff. And then he died and they just ended up in this flea market. Well, how did they get there? I don't know. I guess, like, he didn't have anyone that wanted to keep this stuff. Like, mm. he didn't have any family members or friends that, like, you know, looked after this stuff. So it just ended up at this this flea market. I think for me that just, like, it really shows how important it is to, like, document culture and things that have been made. And and also just how fragile it can be. And, like, who knows, like, what has just, like, ended up in the fucking bin after someone's died. Mm. So, I know it really, like, after I read all those stories, I just, I, like, I was, like, thinking about him so much Mm. in the last week. And it was... Yeah, it's just a weird thing to, like, connect to this absolutely insane film. Yeah. But then have this very, like, human, very relatable side yeah. to him.
0: Yeah. Well, thank God that someone found them. Yeah, wow, What yeah. are the chances that someone finding them, actually going, t- taking the effort to research them mm, mm. and connecting them back to this insane movie
1: director yeah. and zine maker? <laughs> oh, it's just incredible. Mm. Fucking amazing. Yeah, so that, that was just such a cool, like, mm. you know bookmark to his his uh his yeah oh, i can't wait for that documentary yeah it'd be really
0: interesting what an obscure documentary <laughs> oh, yeah, make that's very, like that's very specific very very uh, who's watching that mm. uh, apart from I, us you know we'll be watching it and yeah. ogro fans <laughs> but still it's like i mean for the majority
1: of people no one's gonna know who this fella is mm. but i think it is a very endearing story because like the comics like there is something amazing about them like you've got mm. these like from these comics from the 40s and 50s made mm. by this child but they're yeah there's there's just something very heartwarming about them yeah, yeah. so I, I think maybe that documentary will have more of appeal an appeal to people than definitely more of appeal than mm. than ogroff or something you know because yeah, yeah, yeah. it is like quite a fascinating story
0: that just hearing this story it really reminded me of this uh documentary i saw and uh, when i went to italy last year and it was at the same fe- uh, film festival that Sound of Summer played. And it was called Life on the Farm. It was in this... Oh, I think it was in it was some, like, real countryside town in England. Mm. And there was this old fella working on the farm who com- who documented his entire life mm. and, like, made all these, like, home movies on his own with his, like, cows and mum. Oh, that sounds great. And uh, And his, like, grandson or something found this Mm. movie that he made in the attic or something. I was like, what the fuck is this? Then started like asking the people like around in, in the kind of the, the, the farms around where he lived. And, uh, they were like, oh yeah, he used to come by every week Mm. and show us his new movie. (laughs) And this guy spent his entire life on the farm, making these insane home movies. That's so cool. And it became like this huge documentary. And, um, And they interviewed all the people around him. Um, He died now. But it's just knowing that he basically wanted everyone to see, like, these movies that he made. And I guess he wanted to be known. And it wasn't until after he died Mm. that his, like, grandson found this film that he made, started, like, looking into it. And then it became this huge thing. Mm. And, like, uh, toured in festivals all around the world, won loads of awards. But yeah, it sounds like it might be a similar thing yeah. with this um yeah, for this sure. upcoming documentary. Yeah, like a
1: yeah, post-death
0: theme yeah. of of uh, in some way, yeah. Oh, can't wait. What a sentimental note to end on.
1: Yeah. After <laughs> fucking Ogroff. What after is After all the axe wanking, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So final thoughts on Ogroth before oh, we get to man. our wrongometer. I'll tell you what, one
0: thing I will say. Once the uh, the zombie stuff kicked in, it was just like a fever dream of madness. Yeah. Like, repetitive insanity. Mm. And the score was so, so good. When I say good, it was terrible. Mm. But it was so, like, nightmare-inducing that you kind of, like, go into a trance. Because you're mm. essentially just watching the same thing play on camera relentlessly. Yeah. With the same sounds. The same, like, zombies screaming. Mm-hmm. The sound, like, sound bite that they use. And the music, like going back and forth from, like, John Carpenter-esque soundtracks, like synth, like spooky synth stuff, then back to the swing... <laughs> and you, you, it just puts you into this weird trance of, what the fuck am I watching? <laughs> and it really had a, a, a kind of a physical effect on me. Mm. Yeah. This film is, like, the work of a crazy person. Yeah, yeah. Is the best way to put it. That is
1: definitely the best way to put it. It's absolutely mad Mm. and you know there are way more fucked up films in this of course Mm. but it really does put you into a trance yeah and when like it finally
0: finished i was just like oh fuck and i was like i'm i need a, I need a break and then (laughs) and and the credits came around i was like look i was like i don't need to watch the credits i was like "I'm, i'm i'm not gonna bother with the credits but then the song, the song kicks back <laughs> yeah. in again, and I was like, oh, fucking yeah. up this song. Is <laughs> so good. And he, ha, ha, after having witnessed that like 80 minute fever dream of just like constant visual and audio chaos, to have that real smooth, comfy synth, reggae, Bum. Bum. Reaper, <laughs> yeah. like something with an actual like tone and beat and stuff, mm. and I, I just like, I just kind of leant back into my chair. I was like, Oh, this is it. This is the good stuff.
1: <laughs> it's like getting high at the end. Yeah, it really was. It was
0: yeah. t- it was amazing. Yeah. It really is a very special film. Yeah. And it, it can't really even be compared to other like, no. like eight millimeter. Yeah. Horror stuff. It,
1: it's not like it exists outside good and bad yeah. as well. Like, it's not a good film, but I wouldn't call it a bad film no. either. Like, it's not like a so bad it's good fucking thing like that. It's mm. it's just a fucking trip of a film. Yeah. Yeah. How about the wrong So how wrong oh. the film is, how much it shouldn't exist. I don't know. How fucked up it is. It's a hard one. It really, this yeah. one is very hard. This one definitely should exist. I think there are moments in this that push it up. Quite high, mm, wank like acts. yeah, wank axe. Uh, <laughs> the fact that it randomly turns into a z- zombie film mm. with no indication that it's going to yeah. be that outside of a few shots of a cellar. The fact that that woman who we assume is like the protagonist of the film, like fucks Ogruf, and uh, because because she, she looks like its like mum, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And like that, sort of like the domestic life that they yeah. live together, but also just like the aesthetic of the film, like the design of mm. Ogreff is so fucking crazy mm. and mad that this really rates very highly mm. for me. So while I do think it should exist, it's fucking insane. There's yeah. no other film like yeah, yeah. this. So I'm, I think I'm gonna go, I think I'm gonna go nine. Mm. I'm gonna go pretty high. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna
0: say nine. It's a good, good score. Yeah, and I'm pretty close to that score myself. But I think, yeah I agree with all of the points you just made and just one last point I want to make is like for me rather than visually the mood it creates mm. is what really fucked me up and yep. what really cranks this up on the wrongometer mm. it's there's there's like a there's a feeling to this film there's like mm. a weird atmosphere it creates <laughs> that makes you feel something like uh, there's a physical urge to vomit whilst you watch this film <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I, I i'm thinking eight for myself yeah nice it's a it's a knockout film nice nice
1: <sighs> uh. fun times so next time <laughs> what are we doing oh, i'm
0: very excited so i was actually um thinking of doing something completely different but after watching ogroff I was... It reminded me of two other films that I was also contemplating doing. And then it became like a choice of which one to do. And one of them... One of them... It it might actually break the rules of this podcast. So, I'm going to put that on hold for now. So, I've decided to go to somewhere we've not ventured yet before. Mm. As far as I know. Have we been to Thailand yet? I
1: don't think so. Good. Yeah.
0: So, we are going to Thailand Mm. for... Depending on where you look. Werewolf. It's just called Werewolf. Okay. Or Wolf. <laughs> yeah. From nineteen eighty seven. Okay? Good year. Yes. Now, yes, Werewolf from nineteen eighty-seven. If people are keeping up with us, which I hope they are, just be wary. There is another film called Werewolf from nineteen eighty-seven. Oh, so just make sure you are watching the Thai version. Now disclaimer unfortunately this film does not have english subtitles oh yeah which is not have we done it oh no, yeah i don't
1: think we've done that i we, mean we've, we've done, done, that done japanese, japanese yeah. yeah
0: but oh okay so this is, this is this will be an unsubtitled effort on our end that's exciting that's it, good it's, it, it's, it'll be an interesting that. one it'll be interesting. <laughs> um also just be aware there is a heavily cut version and then the uncut version we'll be watching the uncut version which is 90 minutes okay the uncut version is 80 minutes.
1: Oh, that so, is a lot cut out.
0: Yes. So if you are keeping up with us and watching in time with us, make sure you watch the 90 minute version of
1: Werewolf from Thailand. Nice. Sounds good. And also next week, actually next week, we will have our last Tokyo Mini. Eight. And it's a good one. So definitely check that out. Uh, before we head to Thailand for, for werewolf. And we have an Instagram now, we mentioned it last time as well. So do give us a cheeky little follow. Uh it's very easy, you just look for Show Me Something Wrong and we pop up. We're also I mean we're still on X, but we're we're trying to phase that out. Yeah. We've had enough of that shit. And if you want you can send us an email at show me something wrong at gmail dot hmm and of course please give us a rating on Spotify that's helpful and a review I guess on fucking Apple Podcasts mate okay. do you know there were all these rev- not that many reviews but there were reviews that I didn't see oh. because Apple Podcasts is like broken up by country the fuck so I've only been seeing like the US reviews but there's like UK ones oh no so way. thanks for the people that did the UK ones. sorry as that was well. me. <laughs> It's like, <laughs> Guy, From Guy. This is a very good podcast. I like the British one. I, I like, like the it. British one. I like the British man. Uh, yeah, so please do the reviews, do the ratings. That's really helpful as well.
0: Can we um end this one on that, that uh, R- Rasta, Rasta, Rasta Reaper? Rasta
1: Reaper, alright. Yeah, because we'll, it's fucking we'll banging on Rasta Reaper. So lean back, have a big old bong. <laughs> ol bong. Big old bong. Big old bong. And have a listen to. Rasta
0: Reaper. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh.